0: Well, good evening everybody, it's Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Muir, Alberta. I am so sorry about putting our friend Rachel Notley's bacon eating mugshot on the screen. I just felt like it. The title of this webinar, no, it's not actually a webinar because I'm not going to really answer many questions. I'm just going to talk. Well, maybe I'll answer some questions. Who knows? I am drinking some fine wine. Incorrectly. um, And it's not actually fine wine. It's like the leftovers when they make good wine. Kind of what spills on the floor. They wring it out of the mop. Call it winemaker's blend. That's my good wine. Anyway, the title of this uh, webcast is called Out of the Coffee Pot and Into the Kettle. Why I'm a little quieter these days. So, oh, sorry. Uh, Did you guys find that picture behind me offensive? Did I put something else up? Can it be offensive as well? I'll put something else up, something that's close to my heart. Uh, You know, I'm a real big fan of aviation, so I'll just put this picture up instead. I'll show you what I put up there. Beautiful picture. And I'll explain it. Before you light the torches and start charging me with pitchforks, just give me a minute to explain. So the title of this uh podcast is called Out of the Coffee Pot Into the Kettle. Why I'm a little quieter these days. And you may have noticed that I actually am quite a bit quieter these days, or the reason I haven't been doing too many webinars on my own is because uh, oftentimes I kind of sit down and I pull up my phone and I'm about to do a a live cast and I'm like, I just don't know what to say. I'm at a complete loss for words. I'm seeing things going on around me. Uh, I'm hearing things said about me and I'm just like wondering, kids, plug your ears. And and anybody that doesn't like foul language, please plug your ears. I'm wondering, what the heck is going on? Like, seriously. Um, For those of you that don't know, my story started in uh, 2021 when I opened my cafe against the restrictions. I was backed in a corner, and I was going to lose my business. So I opened my doors, and I said, screw this. What the government's doing is wrong. I'm going to stand up against it. The rest is kind of history. Throughout that time, uh, I've gotten to know a lot of people. I've been involved with a lot of groups. I've traveled across the country uh, in this great big huge convoy that you may or may not have heard of and went to Ottawa and did to to support what the truckers were doing. Um, The idea wasn't to elevate myself or or whatever, but uh, I just saw what the truckers are doing and I was like, man, I want to do whatever I can to support this. So I went. you know, I've been in, I've spoken at political party meetings. I've spoken at rallies. Uh, I'm now the CEO of an educational uh, society called the uh, Alberta Prosperity Project. And we're advocating for freedom through freedom and prosperity for Alberta through independence. I've done a lot of different things and I've met a lot of different people. But one something I've noticed is that some of the people that I've met along the way, and worked with to some degree as soon as my opinion differed from theirs and they could no longer use me to have a story to advance their agenda um i became the bad guy and i'm not going to say that i'm always the good guy i guess i am kind of a bad guy i'm a real badass I've got tattoos ride a Harley, although a lot of people won't call it a Harley because it's a V-Rod and it's liquid cooled and it's kind of the, kind of the, not the Harley of Harleys. And uh, yeah, anyway, I'm not a badass at all. I wear glasses, you can tell. So what I've noticed is when opinions differ, here's a really good example. Someone says, you do not speak for me. No, I, I don't speak for you. I don't speak for anybody. I speak for me, period. Um, And and I'm not going to change that. I'm in this situation where I've done the same thing that I said I was going to do and that I've demonstrated that I was going to do for the last however many years that you all have known me. I've spoken my mind and that's that. And, you know, when the government did something boneheaded, I spoke up about it and I said, hey, this is boneheaded and here's why. I laid out a very logical explanation. Um, It was a good common sense argument. And some people said that I should die a horrible COVID death along with all my children. Yes, people said that about me because they didn't like my opinion or my common sense. And some people celebrated it and said, thank you for speaking the truth. Well, you're welcome. I, I don't do it for other people. I do that for me. Because if I don't do that, um, well, I'm not going to sleep very well at night, am I? Now, something interesting happened. I I don't share the same opinions as a lot of people, um, even on what would be considered our side, if that makes any sense. For instance, I was a, actually I still am, or maybe I'm not, I don't know, I should check. I was a member of the Independence Party of Alberta and Wild Rose Independence Party of Alberta because I believe in Alberta independence and I liked what they had to say. Um, and I really believed that if we worked hard and started this grassroots movement, we could make some changes in this province for the better for everyone. Sounds great, right? Well, it didn't work out. Uh, the two groups couldn't get along to the point where they could work together, and even worse, they both imploded due to their own. I mean, their own people. I don't know what to say about that. And they're not bad people. It's just that's what happened. So obviously, that's not going to be a solution. So I realized uh, after watching some of my other friends make some advances within another political party that became the government, well, that was the government, but changed. um, I thought, you know what? What I said before about showing up and using your voice to change things actually does work if you do it and it's happening and things are getting better so you know who am I to uh ignore reality well a lot of people didn't like that a lot of people really didn't like that there's a few of them watching this stream right now hi and uh you know I I offer no apology at all for that there is uh there's a man by the name of Bob yeah no what about Bob Running around the province, holding town hall meetings, speaking about me you know, behind my back without me there to defend myself. Now, Bob and I used to be friends and uh, I confided in Bob a number of times, although as history has shown, it's not a good idea to confide in Bob because as soon as your opinion differs from his, he will use what you shared to him in confidence to try and bring you down, as has been the case with everybody in his wake. So Bob and I had a disagreement on the path that uh, we should take to to get to a solution. We both want the same solution. We both see the same problems. Uh, you know, he said that I've tried to silence a conversation about the WF. That's completely incorrect. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, for now, I was the one that had the conversation with him to fill him in on where all this stuff came from and how it happened. And now. Uh, There's this idea that because I don't talk about that every single day, um, that I want to silence this conversation, that there's outside organizations trying to influence and infiltrate our society. Well, that's not the case at all. I just have a different path. I just have a different perspective on what a solution is. Um, I don't believe that a solution lies in condemning everybody condemning every politician and condemning everything within the system because, I I don't know, I mean, it's it's not perfect. It's probably not the best. We could do better, but all those people aren't evil. They're just humans, just like you and me. And it's ironic that the same person that's accusing people of these things is the very person... That was involved with bringing a lot of these things to fruition in the first place. I mean, Bob was instrumental in bringing Jason Kenney to Alberta. He was involved in the United Conservative Party constituency association in Peace River uh, while these things were happening and and for years before there was a problem and you know there was a problem or a difference of opinion in the CA on how things should be done so he left the CA and tried to burn it down on his way out. Went to Wild Uh, Had a difference of opinion, tried to burn it down on his way out. Went to the Independence Party, uh, didn't like the direction that was going, tried to burn it down on its way out. Was involved with the Alberta Prosperity Project, uh, had a difference of opinion in which political party they should support, not whether they should support a political party. uh, Left and tried to burn it down on its way out. Had a difference of opinion with me, abandoned our friendship, spoke about me, in private, behind my back, and tries to burn me down to this day. So you know it's it's interesting, and this is why I say out of the coffee pot and into the fire. A little while ago, I was acquitted of my charges res- resulting from having my restaurant open against the restrictions. Um, so people think, oh, you know, Chris, yeah, your fight is over. Well, it's not. The fight has just begun because throughout all of that. What ended up happening was I found myself in this kind of weird limbo in the middle of everything. Because along the way, I realized that a lot of the people that were supportive in the first place were supportive because they wanted to advance their pre-existing agendas that they came into the freedom movement with. And that's totally fine. I mean, if you can find a stage to advocate for something that's important to you, by all means, do it. But the bad thing that happened was because I don't agree with all of those things. And you saw this almost right away. Um, all of a sudden I became a bad guy, but I just want to point out, I've done the same, I've done what I said I was going to do throughout this whole thing. I said, I wouldn't back down. I didn't back down. I said, I'd see it through. I I'm going, I'm seeing, I saw it through and I'm continuing to, I said, this wasn't about me. It was more than me. And now instead of, uh, You know, just throwing all my energy and resources into suing the government for a remedy for what they did to me. Uh, I'm part of a class action lawsuit on behalf of every business in Alberta that was affected by the mandates because this isn't just about me. So I think I've, I've demonstrated that, you know, my my. What motivates me is, you know, it's it's real. I didn't come into this with a political agenda like many other people. I just happened to realize that while advocacy and uh, bringing things to light is really important, at the end of the day, these things are fixed with political solutions. So let me take a moment just to discuss this whole idea of political solutions. There's a lot of people that feel like, oh, what has changed? And actually, my friend Maria says, uh, she, she says, what has changed? Well, there's a lot of things that have changed in the last two years, maybe almost three. Starting with the convoy, when the truckers stood up and uh, went to Ottawa with hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people at some time, at some points, uh, that started a chain of events that led to some changes. Alberta removed a ter- terrible, tyrannical premier. Uh, we changed out the entire provincial board to people that were on board with, with our views. Uh, we, we've done some things to change, uh, real change that affects Albertans. Not many people know this, but uh, if you think that COVID is gone, it's not. It's all around us. People are, have, have you not noticed people getting sick all over the place and then they just take some rest and come back and they're fine? Well, yeah, COVID's everywhere. Everyone's testing positive again. And guess what? That uh, bureaucracy behind the government, that is Alberta Health Services, do you know what they wanted to do? They actually wanted to publish the stats, the hospitalizations, and all that bullshit in the newspaper again to scare Albertans into uh, doing their part and rolling up their sleeves and ending up with myocardi- myocarditis, uh, myocarditis and dying. Uh, maybe that's not the outcome they wanted, but they certainly wanted them to roll up their sleeves. Well, Guess who said, over my dead body? Guess who said, not a chance in hell are you doing that? I'll give you three guesses. And it's her name starts with a D and ends with an E. And her last name starts with an S and ends with an H. I'll wait. (laughs) Yeah, you're correct. Yes, Darth Vader. Darth Vader said that. No, no, all joking aside, it was actually Bob. It was actually Bob that did that. He accomplished that by calling everyone evil. No, it wasn't. It was the premier that we elected that stood up and said, no, that's not happening. Uh, In addition, no, but wait, there's more. And now for something you'll really enjoy. Uh, In addition to that, do you not think that AHS has been pushing for mandates and restrictions again? Yes, they have been. One of the campaign promises that we saw in the last election was we will not be doing those restrictions ever again. Alberta's free, Alberta's strong, and people can make their own decisions. That conversation has come up. And we're not locked down. There are things that are changing. I've had conversations with people who are, you know, kind of near the government inner circle. And I've had some pissed off conversations with them. Like, what the hell is going on? Why are these guys still in jail? Why can't we do something about it? And I'm talking about the Coots for by the way. You know, why did Sheila Annette Lewis have to die? Why is uh, the government of Alberta still advertising to get your flu shot and your COVID shot and all this garbage? I go into those conversations very angry, full of righteous anger and passion. I go into those conversations very angry because I don't like what I'm seeing around me. But when you understand what exactly it is that we're up against, maybe you maybe you would be a little bit more understanding of our politicians. Let me explain. Our government changes every four years to some degree. Sometimes it changes completely like the orange shit that had happened on Alberta a few years back. Uh, sometimes it's just people that change. Well, there's a structure that resides behind the government that's bigger than the government and more powerful than the government. Yes, we elect people to legislate on our behalf, but you have no idea the kinds of pressure they face from a bureaucracy that has existed. Well, at least since the provinces existed. You know, we have ministers to handle things like healthcare and education and forestries and, and that type of thing. but There's also deputy ministers behind them that stay there from election to election. They know what's really going on. They really run the show. The ministers and the MLAs that we elect, they're really just figureheads so that we can kind of have this illusion that we have some control. So if a government gets elected or a premier gets elected and they want to change things, do you know what they're fighting? They're fighting a bureaucracy that is so corrupt and so entrenched and so powerful There really is no way to knock it down all at once. And you have to take little steps and chip away at it and chip away at it and do the best you can. That's what's happening. And I wish it wasn't like that. Uh, I I was you go back and you look at my videos and I was very critical about this government and what they were doing. Very critical. As a matter of fact, there was a time when I thought that nothing could be salvaged. But I do see some things changing. And it's not changing fast. But you know what? We didn't get into this situation fast. We're not going to get out of it fast either. Now, let's talk about this idea that I'm some sort of a shill because I participate in the government. Every person in this province has the right and the responsibility to vote however they choose. And it is none of anybody else's damn business what they vote for. I'm no different. I'm just more public about it. So, you know, uh, you know what I'm going to support and you know the path that I'm going to take because I'll tell you and I won't apologize for it if you don't agree with me. So, you know, I guess that kind of kills my my perspective of a perspective of a politician career because I'm not going to feed you what I think you want to hear. I'm just going to tell you. I'll tell you the way it is if you don't like it, I guess that's that's on you. I wish we could have worked together and. Elected a government that just wanted to change everything immediately. But in hindsight and knowing what I know now, I actually wonder if that would have been a path to. This. You like that? Do you want to see that in the Premier's office again? Neither do I. The reason I say that I think that might have been a path to, to that face in the Premier's office again is because when you go into a situation like what we were facing, needing the changes that we needed, if you went in, And started swinging a hammer everywhere and knocking over vases and breaking windows and those types of things. I'm trying to paint a little picture here. It it wouldn't be a pretty thing. Ripping and tearing government policy, whatever. A government as powerful, not pardon me, a government. A mafia as powerful as the NDP, supported by their union henchmen would have eaten that government alive and that government would have not been the government for very long. That's how it works. I mean, we watched somebody leak a confidential phone call from somebody in government, it was our premier, uh, saying that she was going to look into if there was anything she could do to help this person out. That was leaked for political purpose, by the way. I don't know who leaked it. You don't know who leaked it. Somebody knows. But it certainly wasn't done for anything good. It was done for political purpose, and that face, the bacon eater, ha, ah, bacon eater. Am I going to get sued by Wendy's? Crap. The bacon eater um, used that to just about topple the government. But something even worse happened. So I mentioned earlier that people ask me, or or I have asked other people, why the hell are these four guys still in jail? Do you realize that if if government is trying to do something, um, you know, to not to interfere, but to create an environment where the people that need help can get the help or access the help to their benefit. If the government's trying to create that type of environment and somebody goes and does something like that for political purposes, which it was, that goes up in smoke. In conversations I've had, just in the last six, eight months or so, I've come to realize, had that not occurred, there's, those four men may in fact be out on bail right now. They may have been out on bail back then. But any attempt to do anything to help out with that was destroyed because of one act of political motivation. Now this is the case with some of I mean I would say 99% of the things that people are saying about me is it to the benefit of our movement is it to the is it towards a solution or is it a means to a political end? know, what does somebody have to gain by trying to convince people who are following me uh, that I'm some sort of a bastard and you know, I'm just uh, uh, some sort of a plant from the government. What, 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 what does it have? What kind of benefit is there to that? Well, there are people who have believed that garbage, and now they support somebody else, and that's fine because I. This is not what I'm after anyway. But what I'm getting at is. People are failing to see what's going on. They're failing to read between the lines. Why would somebody try so hard to bring others down to make others look so bad that they become the only option? Do you know somebody else that's done that? Do you remember? I know somebody else who did that. Yeah, her. That's how the NDP roll. They literally bring everybody else down and lie about them so that the only plausible option is the NDP. Because they ain't got shit. They had to tell people that Daniel Smith was going to sell our hospitals and make us pay for healthcare in order to get votes. You see how this works? Who's benefiting there? The NDP is uh, traveling around Alberta, speaking out against the Alberta pension plan, which was uh, reported on by LifeWorks, a third party Organization that was commissioned by the government in the Kenny era, in order to uh, look into an Alberta pension plan, and see whether or not it would have been it would benefit Albertans. Well, they came back and said, "Yes, absolutely, it would be. It would benefit." And here's why. So the government said, "Hey, you know, we did what you guys asked, and the, it looks like an Alberta pension plan would be fantastic for Albertans." Uh, and this isn't our words. This is LifeWorks. They're a third party consulting firm that did this. So let's talk about this. Well, the NDP said, "No, this is wrong. It's going to be so bad for Alberta." You know, if uh, if the if the Alberta has a pension plan, all business is going to leave. Do you recall something like that? Oh, if we pass the Alberta Sovereignty Act within United Canada, it's going to kill investment. Everyone's going to leave Alberta. Businesses will burn to the ground. Aliens will take over, but the zombies will will um, annihilate them. But then we're going to have to deal with the zombies, and zombies are worse because when they bite you, you also turn into a zombie. Yeah, that's an NDP story. Does any of this sound familiar? They spun these stories and convinced good people who normally use common sense uh, and critical thinking skills before making decisions to check an orange box at election time and actually vote for their own demise and vote for their uh, reduced prosperity. It wasn't because the NDP says, hey, we have some policies and some good, really good ideas that are going to make things better for Alberta. It's literally, uh, these guys are shit, so you have to vote for us because we're less shitty. Well, this is no different than what's going on with me. And that's why I said in the description that these things have kind of, they've shaken my faith in humanity. I don't think... Well, maybe some of you can, but I want you to just imagine this for a moment. Imagine you are just your regular old, everyday, run of the mill, average Albertan, mostly selfish, and that everything you do is kind of for you, and you don't really get involved with advocacy because nothing affects you. Put yourself in that person's shoes. And then all of a sudden, you're forced to do something because something affects you, and now you You become uh hope for some people who confide in you the harms that they've suffered because of government policy i I can't even count I cannot count how many people have come into my cafe or run up to me on the street or in the grocery store and shared their stories about how government policy has affected them they've lost loved ones like I didn't even know how many people died, uh, just average day-to-day stuff until this, because now I hear about all the time. Like the, um, this isn't a complaint, but the reality is that the weight of those on my shoulders is very, very heavy. And I think about it all the time. Sometimes I lose sleep over it. Um, Just yesterday, uh, a couple stopped in at the Wussel stop, super excited to be there. I was cooking. And, you know, they said, oh, we're just on our way back. Our mother passed away. And then the word suddenly is after that. And then I don't want to ask the question because I just lost your mother. But they bring up, you know, a question of, You know, did this have an impact in cutting my mom's life short? I hear that all the time. Probably a couple dozen times a week at least. And this has been happening for like three years. I had a lot to lose when I uh, took a stand against the government. I did it anyway. And... I hope a miracle happens, but it's very likely that you're going to see what it cost me and you're going to see it very soon. There's been no, I I could have run as an MLA in Lacombe Pinocchio and I probably would have won. Now that might be a bold statement, but I, I really think, I really think I could have won. I'd be collecting a paycheck with expenses and, you know, I'd be in decent financial shape right now. And there's been other things along the way that I could have done. I've been approached by people who are now in the government and they've said things like, Hey, you know, if you support us, we'll make sure that you're taken care of after. And I didn't do it because I don't know. I'm an idiot. Oh, that's going to be a meme, isn't it? For sure. Do you want me to say it again? So you can get a real good screen capture. I don't know. Now the reason I did the reason I didn't pursue that path is, uh, it's the cafe, it's the whistle stop, it's because people come in there a couple dozen times a week and they share their stories with me, and I, I don't want to take that away from people. It's a, it means something to people, and I want to hang on to it as long as I can, and make sure that it's there. The other reason is I realize that education uh, is of the utmost importance because people still, well, some people know, but people for the most part still don't know first how we can change things. And second, what changes we need to look for. So I decided to continue on with the Alberta Prosperity Project and and do the educational side of it. So we speak at all sorts of places and we, we bring information to people through webinars every week. Trying to explain that, hey, we have these problems and here's the solution. Now, there's another organization in Alberta called Take Back Alberta. And they've done a fantastic job teaching people how to get involved in politics. I really believe that between these two organizations, filled with people just like you and me, by the way, who actually want to make uh, make a good difference. Maria, Dr. Mackis is a good friend of mine. I do follow him. I've had a number of conversations with him about this so uh if anybody thinks that I'm not aware of what's going on uh, you can think again anyway these two organizations uh specifically take back Alberta when it comes to changing this face of politics in Alberta have been tremendously successful voter turnout is huge uh, people coordinating and getting involved and in using their voices is it's at levels that we haven't seen in our lifetime in Alberta. That is a major, major accomplishment, just getting people off the couch. So that has changed. The Alberta Prosperity Project is sharing the uh, path to prosperity through a a referendum on independence. And you might not like the idea of an independent Alberta, but uh, I will debate you on the merits of that any day and anywhere. These two organizations, They have the capability to change the face of this province forever for the better. And there's one guy wandering around the province like a messiah, self proclaimed messiah, telling you that everybody involved in everything except for him is bad. Well, I'm sorry, but fuck that. There's a lot of really good people that are trying really hard to make really hard changes. And when I started hearing people condemning everybody so broadly, do you know what it reminded me of? And what I'm referring to is all politicians are horrible and bad, and they all need to go, all parties are bad. All this is bad. All that is bad. You know what that tells me? That tells me that the speaker of those falsehoods has nothing to stand on. So they must make other people look like worse shit than they are offensive sure but it also stinks of political motivation i watched a fantastic lady uh step up and do something that i wanted to do but couldn't because i was too busy and that is advocate for the four men that are still in jail almost 700 days by the way they're probably gonna spend christmas in remand. Uh, I watched her step up and spend all of her time and a lot of her own money and resources uh, to advocate for these guys. She talked to them. She connected people together. She helped raise funds for their legal fees. uh, All out of the goodness of her heart. And all because she was so upset that nobody was doing it yet. And she decided to be the change she wanted to see in the world. It's beautiful to watch. And it was amazing because, you know, me being five hours away, it's really difficult for me just drop everything, my business and everything that's going on and head down there and advocate for these guys. So knowing that she was doing that was uh, it gave me comfort because I knew somebody was doing something. And her and I have had that conversation. I watched somebody try to completely destroy her. And I don't understand the motivations for that at all. I mean, we're supposed to be all on the same side doing the same thing. But I watched her get persecuted for fundraising because there wasn't uh, an accountant and all this and all that. Well, guess what? I fundraised. I fundraised when uh, it became clear to me that if I didn't buy my property, the person that owned it that I was uh, leased to owning from was going to evict me. Fundraise, I kept the best records I could, but I'm not a professional fundraiser. I'm not a accountant, and when people uh supported me on that, they didn't they never they never asked. you know, I did what I said I was going to do. I bought the restaurant, but it wasn't the people that supported me through that that started the oh, where's the accounting where's this It was people that didn't support it and were trying to use that as a means to advance their own political motivation. You see what I'm saying? And to suggest that the very institution uh, that's corruption is causing those men to be in jail, investigate this lady for trying to help those guys is reprehensible. And I'm totally willing to have that conversation. I suppose I'll end up having that conversation. So where does this leave us? I mean, some of us, most of us by now, have this tremendous weight on our shoulders because we're watching this stuff happen around us. We're watching uh, sudden deaths, unexplained deaths. We're watching young people just collapse on field sports fields and, and die. And I don't know if we're, no, I do know, but I will throw it out there. It is possible that we're just so hypersensitive to it now that we notice everything but it is very very unlikely that that's a plausible explanation we're we're watching all this stuff going on and you know we're all trying to work towards a solution in our own way the best we can but while we're doing it we're taking attacks from both sides i get attacked from the woke left mob um, because that's what they do You know, the Antifa style antagonizers or whatever, which is expected. I certainly never expected to experience it from my own side because my opinion on a political solution was different than theirs. That makes me wonder if, you know, why would anybody choose to do this if that's the way it works out? Looking back, if I knew, if I knew uh, how this was going to go with even people that were supposed to be my friends and people that I confided, confided in, if I knew they were going to attack me and lie about me and spread all this ridiculous bullshit as I was actually sacrificing things continuously. Oh, almost hit, almost hit back. And don't get me wrong. Uh, I've You know, I have benefited as well because I have met lots of awesome people. People have supported me as best they can throughout this journey. But it has been a sacrifice and I had a lot to lose. And these people know that and they attack me still because my political solution is different than theirs. So how does that make us any different than what we're fighting against? That picture behind me is a great example, and that's why I put that up there. So, that picture is of a very, very heavy, loaded transatlantic uh, flight going from, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was uh, New York to London. Now, a little backstory on this um, th- that's called an iridescent contrail. So, what happens there is if you know anything about airplanes, the reason they can fly is because the shape of the wing. And the forward movement of the aircraft creates a lower pressure on the top of the wing than on the bottom of the wing. Now, when an airplane is really, really heavily loaded, like a A three hundred and eighty or something like that, that's a really freaking heavy airplane. I mean, they got like one hundred and twenty thousand pounds of fuel or something on them, just fuel. I think. So the pressure difference above and below the wing is very, very great. Now, when you have a pressure difference that's that uh, uh, that far apart, you get these little, little vortices when the air meets back up again, and they spin so fast the centrifugal force actually flings the water out, and it it'll uh, create vapor trails like this. It's really cool. People do that airplane watching thing, and they watch airplanes take off, and then they look for these things, and they get photos like this. So I look at that photo, and my opinion and i'll grant it it's an opinion because i'm basing it on my previous knowledge i'm not there i didn't take the picture yada 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 my opinion on it is that it's a beautiful iridescent contrail and i appreciate it another person's opinion will be that somebody is in that airplane and they're spraying dangerous toxins on us and killing us all those are the two opinions that we may have the opinions are different now at the end of the day each one of us probably wants to have better government. Uh, No tyrannical rule, probably doesn't want to be under a crown, as in the crown, the executive branch of government in Canada. And we want kind of conservative values. But we don't work together because they don't like my opinion on that airplane and that air descent contract. So going back to my my comment, I said if I if I if I could go back and do everything again, knowing that these types of issues, and it's not just this. I'm I'm talking the Earth is uh, I say the Earth is a sphere, sphere. Other people say it's flat, and I say it's a sphere. So therefore, I must be a Freemason, government bootlicker. Uh, I say that things are pretty much the way they are, and there isn't some grand conspiracy to everything. But there are some certainly some interesting facets to society. Other people will say we destroyed all evidence of the original civilization that had free power. So, Chris doesn't believe that. So, you know, obviously nothing he believes in is worthwhile. Well, I believe in Alberta independence and freedom and prosperity through independence. So, there is a group of people out there that say because I don't believe in their. Cultish, delusional belief that every airplane is Springs. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. I'm sorry. That was supposed to be funny. But they because I don't believe in the same things as them, they cast aside everything else I want to do or everything that I've done or my track record of actually doing things that I said I was going to do and standing up for our rights and freedoms. Um, and it's all for nothing. So should I have done it in the first place? I'm asking I'm actually asking you seeing what's going on now if you were me, would you have done what I did p s Don't buy anything called winemaker's blend, even if it's on sale. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to answer some questions. Well, to you saying absolutely, walk a few days in my shoes. I got new shoes, by the way. They're really comfortable. And it is certainly not because I was able to cash this check. From the government, I don't need anybody to pay me to exercise my democratic voice. I'll answer this question. Maria. I really like Maria. We're uh, offside on a lot of different things, but she's always here and she's always engaging and I really appreciate it. So Maria says, so do you think they released another virus? Everybody's getting sick, the jabbed and the unjabbed, and all of a sudden I see hardly none lines in the sky. Why do you think that is? Okay, here's my opinion. As a waitress and a computer nerd. uh, No, I don't think they released another virus. What I know of viruses from my limited grade 12 biology is that they mutate. That's their method of survival. Uh, nature wants to find a way. Viruses want to find a way to survive. And in order to survive, they must mutate. Now, you got to remember uh, when somebody has a virus, like, we're talking billions of cells, billions of viruses. It's not just, or maybe it isn't billions, but it's a lot. So the uh, opportunity to mutate into a viable new virus is quite high, considering the scope, like the amount that there is. That's why the flu. Uh, continues year to year and actually uh, this is one of the things that caused me to uh, speak out against this vaccine in the first place was a conversation that I had with my mother when I was a child I said mom after getting my shots at school why can't they just vaccinate us uh, so we don't get the cold or the flu anymore that would be really nice and she said well they can't I said why not and she said because they change too much The cold and the flu virus, they change all the time so that they can survive. And by the time we can vaccinate against it, there's already a new one somewhere else. And so everyone's going to get it. And I said, "Ah," and went back to probably picking my nose or poking a dead bird with a stick. So I don't think they released another virus. I think that we're seeing a natural progression and mutation of the virus that was released as a bioweapon from Wuhan or maybe not Wuhan. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. But anyway, no, I don't. Everybody's getting sick and jabbed, the unjabbed. Yes, they are, because it's cold and flu season. It's the same reason why people are getting sick as it was during COVID when we said, um, actually, it's cold and flu season. That's why we're seeing this. And then when you let the restrictions off at the end of cold and flu season, uh, that's when we're seeing a decline. So the same logic must be applied to both our adversaries and us if we're going to have these conversations all of a sudden i see hardly nuns in the sky not none lines in the sky it's winter it's different it's different weather we're doing weather right now we also have less sun um speaking of lines in the sky um do, do you folks know how clouds are created clouds are water vapor right uh sometimes there's vapor uh water in the air that we can't see it's in a gaseous state and the weather can change in one way or another and it makes those little water droplets either uh, cling together and make like fog or clouds or whatever or a lot cling together and they fall there with this rain well the single most influential factor in cloud creation is the sun it's true sun comes up in the morning starts shining its rays Uh, through the troposphere onto the ground. The troposphere is where weather happens. Uh, The sun basically excites the water that's that's suspended in the air. And as the day goes on and the day warms up, that water vapor turns into like a fog or a mist that you can see. So there is an argument out there that, oh, you know, when planes fly by, all of a sudden it becomes cloudy. It's becoming cloudy because of the single most influential factor in nature, which is the sun. And again, my opinion, because I don't know, I'm not in the airplane. I can just do my best with lodging and common sense. So that's why I think everyone's getting sick. It's cold and flu season. It's stress season. I am stressed right the F out because Christmas is coming. This is the slowest time of the year for the cafe. I'm broke as a friggin' Alberta healthcare. Get it? Because they're broken. (laughs) And, uh, you know. I got to deal with BS from people like Bob who like to spread lies about me for political motiv- political gain. So yeah, everyone's getting sick. And th- that's, that's my opinion. Um, I don't think it's a nefarious plan. I don't think people are spraying us. I don't think any of that stuff. I think that it's the same as it was years ago. Do you remember years ago? Uh, question. Yeah, it is flu season. And you know what? I got sick the other day, but I was only sick for one night. I went to bed. I was a furnace. It was hot. Like I just about lit my sheets on fire and I woke up and I was fine. Neat. So a little bit more. Oh, I left the banner on the bottom. So just by the way, this is Rachel Notley's and others lies. Oh, P.S. Huge red flag. When someone tells you you're going to hell because you choose a different political path than them. uh, They're probably a charlatan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I see a lot of comments from people saying, Things like you know, I saw uh, here. Let's give you something for an example. I saw this. Where is it? Let's go right there. Yeah, I saw this. So, what did y'all think that was? Some people are going to say uh, it's a spaceship. Some people are going to say. It's tanks for airplanes spraying chemicals on us. Other people, probably pilots or people in the aviation industry, are going to say uh, those are ballast tanks that they use to transfer water during flight so that they can record how the aircraft responds and they can uh, make their balance sheet, for their for not balance sheet, their, um, oh my goodness, terrible, terrible person. What's the name of it? Weight and balance calculation, which is exactly what it is. But at first glance, you can be easily led to believe, as I was years ago, by the way, uh, that those are tanks and they're spraying all sorts of things on us. Now, that's not to say that they're not doing that, but that picture isn't representative representative of that. We see see a line in the sky, and we can hypothesize what it is. uh, Using logic and common sense, we can discount a bunch of theories and by process of elimination, come to a reasonable conclusion. We can listen to a politician speak or watch what they're doing and interpret their actions using common sense and logic and by process of elimination come to a really good conclusion about what they're doing. Or we can just throw caution to the wind and go into it with a preconceived bias that forms our opinion Before we even think about it, think about that. How many times do we do that? How many times do we go into a conversation having already made up our mind, ignore facts, logic, and reason because those things are not confirming the bias that we already have? We do it all the time. Perfect example. You're pissed right off at the government. You have this weight on your shoulders. Uh, All these stories you've heard of people that have been harmed and suffered. You know, you're watching pastors drag through the street and get arrested. You're watching businesses get chained up. You're watching churches getting fenced and masked. And you're livid. You go into this room full of anger at what's going on in the world around you. And somebody tells you, you need to be angry because all these things are going on in the world around you. Yes, I'm confirmed. My worldview is confirmed. Then they say, everybody is evil. They're all bad and nobody has anything good that they could possibly do. And you're so angry, that confirms as well. Yes, that's right. Now, if I went to you and I said, you know what? You're right. Things are really bad. These things are happening but things are changing. And here are some examples. Would you be willing and receptive to accept that things are changing and accept that there's a a reasonable likelihood that we can make a difference if it didn't confirm your preconceived bias that there was no hope in any of those things? Now, I asked that question as a man who actually had that bias. You go back maybe a year, a little bit more than a year. And you'll see interviews I did where I would say things like, there is no hope for this. Like these, this cannot be fixed. We need to do something better. That was my bias. I believe that. And it actually took friends of mine doing what I was already encouraging people to do, but wasn't doing myself uh, to start that process to to help me shrug that off and get past my anger of what the government did to me and realize that, hey, you know, you know, maybe there is hope to do something. So hope that makes sense. When politicians talk religion, yeah, not many people like that, but uh, we have to remember we should be not casting aside a man or a woman because of uh, the way they speak about religion and ignoring all of their other good policies and good things they want to do, right? The armpit of Ontario, Windsor. Nice. Trevor Barrett, you're a dink, but thanks for coming back. Ah, thank you, Brenda. I love this one. I think it's best to take chemtrails out of your portfolio. It just gets you in trouble. You can't speak of all things. You're absolutely right. This is one thing that I've actually lost sleep about. Really, because there are people that hate me so much because I don't confirm their bias that everything in the lot, every line they see in the sky is a dangerous chemical. I agree. This isn't something I want to spend any time on at all. Be- I actually think it's ridiculous. I think it's completely ludicrous. I see people confusing chem trails with geoengineering and weather modification. Those are three distinct and completely separate things. Geoengineering is absolutely occurring because... We're putting millions of pounds of water vapor in the sky every year. And actually, if you look into it, there are universities that are calling for reduction or elimination of uh, air traffic because we're contributing to global warming by putting so much water vapor in the air. So, I mean, there's that. Um, Weather modification happens so that we don't have hail smashing our skulls uh, five or six times a summer. They both happen. And none of those three are proof that the others exist. They're all independent and distinct from each other, but people don't understand that. So they're all, everything's all confused and muddled up. Now, the problem is, remember when I said, I don't really care what people think. If somebody asks me something or or I about asks me about something, I'll tell them what I think. I will give them my opinion. If I see people posting pictures of lines in the sky and saying all these pilots need to be arrested and tried for genocide, whatever, I will say uh, that's friggin' ridiculous. And no, that's not what's going on. Just like I did when the government said you all need to wear four masks, goggles, rubber gloves, a surgical gown, and a face shield in order to serve coffee at your cafe. Uh, that's named the same as a cafe in Red Deer that you stole the name from and then advertising in Red Deer pretending that it's your cafe. Did I say that out loud? I hope I didn't, but maybe I did. Anyway. That's kind of what that's like. I do love flying. Always wanted to be a pilot. Couldn't do it because, uh, I mean, I can be a private pilot, but I couldn't get my commercial license because my color vision is poor. So they they wouldn't let me be a fighter pilot, which really kind of rocked my world. Um, I was all set to go to Royal Military College in Kingston. I wanted to be a fighter pilot for the Canadian Forces. It was my dream. And my eyeballs wouldn't allow me. Actually, you know what? That's the same story as a real good friend of mine. You might know him. His name is Michael Barclay. Yeah. He's also another one that spreads lies about me and says that I steal from veterans. Unfriggin' real. The things that people will do and say because they don't agree with you on something else is absolutely mind blowing. Mind blowing. Yeah, so I do love flying. Anyway, it's also past my bedtime and I didn't mean to be on this long. supposed to be 20 minutes. So I hope that explains to you why I say that I'm out of the coffee pot and into the kettle. Uh, It's a lot hotter where I am right now because not only am I shouldering the burden of uh, fighting against the government, hopefully on behalf of all of us, um, now I also have to shoulder the burden of trying to defend myself against unfounded attacks from people on our supposed side because I don't agree with them on certain other things. And it really makes me wonder if I should have bothered at all. But like I say, thankfully, uh, it's not up to me whether or not I get to choose if I do what I know is right. I'm kind of commanded to do that so i guess i'll just keep doing it thank you everybody Did somebody say Tucker Carlson? guess what? The Whistle Stop Cafe has 50 floor seat tickets to Tucker Carlson January 24th in Edmonton with Rex Murphy and Conrad Black. Pardon me, Lord Conrad Black. Watch for details tomorrow.